When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, standing in once again for Rachel Ann Harding. And boy, I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Mo and I were visiting Boston to see my son at college. He was still in class, and the dog and I wandered about the streets. We came to an alley, something not that unusual in England, but not something you see often here in the States. The wind picked up a bit and charged down the alley like a bull, almost pushing us into a doorway. Turning and looking, there were no signs that said no dogs, so I opened the door and entered. The place was filled with old books, not the kind that you would find at a used bookstore, but really old books with sturdy covers that had already lasted a hundred years or more and could probably last another hundred. Some covers and spines were fairly plain, others highly decorated. I ran my fingers over one book to feel the embossed work and decorations as Mo sniffed the lower shelf, nudging me. Carefully, I opened up the cover. It was heavy. The first couple of pages began to rise. Hearing footfalls, most likely the owner of the shop, I turned and sneezed from the dust. And on opening my eyes, I was in an altogether different place. The first of today's stories for this episode is told by a friend and colleague of mine. Julie Moss is going to be sharing her telling of the young head of the household from her book Old China Through the Eyes of a Storyteller. Julie collected this story from China herself, a wonderful riddle story of three young women who are asked to do what seems to be impossible. Once there was an old man who lost both his mother and his wife. He had four sons who had recently married three young women from the neighboring village. The man thought that none of his daughters-in-law were very bright and did not want to put any of them in charge of running his household for good reason. Quite often they would come to him asking about things they should have been taught before their marriages. Honorable Father, the chickens are loose from their pens. What should we do? Honorable Father, how do we make rice? Not only did they constantly ask questions about daily tasks, the three lonely young women incessantly begged to visit their families in another village when not even a year had passed since their marriages, although they had seen their families on the required visit three days following the wedding ceremonies. Honorable Father, we miss our families. 
May we go and visit them today? Irritated by their constant complaining, the old man came up with a plan to rid himself of the three young women. He called them to him and said, You are always begging me to allow you to go and visit your families. I am not as hard-hearted as you think. You may go, but only upon this condition. When you come back, you will each bring me something I want. One of you shall bring me fire wrapped in paper. The second shall bring me wind in paper. And the third shall bring me music in the wind. If you promise to bring me these things, you may go. But if you refuse, you are never to ask me to let you go home again. However, if you go and fail to obtain these gifts for me, you are never to come back. The thoughtless young women never once considering how hard their task was, bowed and replied, Of course, most honorable father, we will obtain these gifts for you. Thank you, thank you for allowing us to visit our families. And bowing again, off they went to visit their families in the next village. As they walked along, they gossiped about the people in their village and decided who they wanted to visit first when they arrived. They had gone quite a way when one young woman's shoe broke. They sat down on the bank of a stream so the unfortunate young woman could fix her shoe. While sitting there, they began to realize what their father-in-law had asked them to do. such things. We'll never see our husbands again. And this set all of them to weeping hysterically. While they sat there crying, a farm girl riding on the back of her water buffalo came along. What's the matter? Maybe I can help. Oh, there's no way you can help us. Just leave us alone. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems. Tell me, what is troubling you? And let's see if I can help. So the young women sadly told the farm girl, Our father-in-law expects us to find impossible gifts for him at the market before we're allowed to return to our husbands. Well, what Gifts is he asking you to find? The farm girl inquired politely. (sighs) I have to bring him fire wrapped in paper. (sighs) My gift is to be wind wrapped in paper. And me, I am to purchase for him music in the wind. How will we ever find those kinds of gifts? As they started weeping again, one of the young women held up her shoe. And on top of that, I broke my shoe and I cannot seem to fix it, so I, I cannot go anywhere. Well, replied the farm girl, 
At least fixing your shoe should be easy enough. Come with me. So all of them set off for the farm, with the shoeless young woman riding on the back of the water buffalo. Soon they reached the farm, where the farm girl quickly repaired the shoe. The young women were invited to stay the night and gratefully accepted the offer. That evening, the farm girl puzzled over the father-in-law's requests. Finally, she sprang up and said, I have it! I know what he wants! She told the three young women what to buy when they reached their village. They thanked her, and the next day, on they went. The young women had fun visiting with their families and their friends. They also went shopping with their friends at the colorful, bustling local open markets where shoppers were offered an amazing array of fresh and crafted items. They purchased the items their father-in-law had requested. When the time came, they returned to their husband's home. Meanwhile, the old man was satisfied that he had gotten rid of his bothersome daughters-in-law. So, when he saw them walking up the road one day, he was quite surprised. He began to yell at them as soon as they could hear him. What do you mean returning here when there is no way you could have possibly bought the gifts I demanded? But father, the young women replied, We were able to find exactly what you wanted. And they produced their packages. The first took out a paper lantern. Here is fire wrapped in paper, father. And indeed, when lit, a paper lantern does contain fire. The second showed him A beautiful fan. I have brought you wind in paper, father. She waved the fan, producing a delightful breeze. And the third had a set of wind chimes. Look, father, here is music in the wind. Just then, a playful breeze blew through the chimes, producing a lovely sound. The old man was astonished and thought to himself, None of these girls is smart enough to have figured this out by herself. I must find out who told them the answers to my riddles. So he asked, Who told you what to buy for me? The young women told him all about the farm girl, and how she had figured out what he wanted. The old man was so impressed with the intelligence of the farm girl that he arranged for her to be married to his youngest son. After the wedding, he told everyone that this extraordinarily wise young woman would become the head of the household. Everyone agreed that she was the logical choice. And thus, the family lived happily, prospered, 
and produced many fine grandchildren for the old man. Yan Li Xin, our guide and translator during our trip to China, helped explain the story to me. In old China, the head of the household was the eldest woman living in the household. Usually, it was the wife of the eldest man. The head of the household was in charge of seeing that the household ran smoothly. She did not have to prepare the meals, shop for food and clothing, clean, and do all the other work herself. Rather, she delegated the work to the other women in the household, other wives, wives of younger men, and daughters. When a woman married, she moved in with her husband's family. Except for the prescribed visit three days after her marriage, she was usually not allowed to visit her family until she had been married for at least a year. This was to ensure that she would become used to the ways of her husband's family and forget about how things were done in her former home. Because a new wife was the newest member of the household, she was generally given the worst chores, cleaning the kitchen, scrubbing the floors, emptying human waste. This was the pecking order of a household in old China where many generations lived together. Today's fairy tale sponsor is the Three Goats Garden Services. Weeds out of control, dandelions where you don't want them, brush bullying your glorious garden... Call the Three Goats Garden Services. With care and caution, they will plant, pluck and prune from lawn manicure to manure. As delicate as kids' goats' hair and as powerful as trolls' breath, Three Goats Garden Services do it all. Even if you have bigger jobs and need trees hauling, Three Billy Goats have troll equipment to remove any loathsome lumber. No garden too large, no landscape too small. Trip, trap, trout, they can sort you out. Or at least any landscaping needs you have. Call the three billy goats gruff and save your own huff. Do you know that all patrons of the podcast are rarely able to charge a raging bull? Maybe you can, for as little as $4 a month, sponsoring this wonderful podcast. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this series possible. If you want to hear me, Rachel Ann, make up facts about you, then maybe you should become a supporter too. We would love you to do that. A fire burned in the hall and turning about I saw another fire at the other end of the hall. The length of this room could have held a couple of 18-wheeler trucks and a few full-sized coaches on either side. The floor, I noticed as I stepped back toward a wall, was hard-packed earth and covered for the most part in straw. Mo began to growl as the hall grew silent, and the men filling the benches looked us over. I felt conspicuous in my man-made fibre trench coat and wall fedora hat. 
The men stood in their heavy wool and leather clothes and drew their swords. I backed up to the wall, pulling Mo close to me with one hand, closing the book quickly with the other. I sneezed again. Upon opening my eyes, I was faced with a smiling woman. Does that book interest you? she asked, pulling at the long weighted braid from behind her. Mo whined. I glanced down at the book and up at the woman. I smiled and said, Maybe not today. I would like to look at it more, but I need to meet my son. I looked at my watch, smiled, and returned the book to its place on the shelf. I thought I would go back there later to show my grown boy, and I was pretty sure I could find it again. I knew some of the other shops around the alley. It wasn't more than a couple of hours later when I returned with my son and Mo, still licking our lips after a wonderful meal at a locally owned eatery. I found the shops near the alley, around the alley, but the bookshop eluded us. Even the alley itself seemed, at least for now, lost to me. I met Pam Farrow years ago, and I hope our paths will cross again soon. Pam has taught and performed, not just here in America, but also in Australia and throughout Europe. She sometimes uses music to accompany her stories, but not with this tale. Please enjoy Pam Farrow's telling of the story, Ten Chests, which hails from the Middle East. A Spaniard once journeyed to Mecca. Before he went to cross the great desert, he thought to leave his money in Egypt instead of carrying the great sacks full, and he inquired if, if there might be a trustworthy person in the region to whom he might entrust his money. The local people pointed out an old man who was famous for his trustworthiness and uprightness. So the Spaniard gave this man more than a thousand talents of his money, and he then went on his pilgrimage. When this Spaniard returned to Egypt, he went to the trusted old man to retrieve his money. But the old man took one look at the Spaniard standing on his doorstep and said, What are you talking about? I have never seen you before in my life. And he slammed the door in the Spaniard's face. <laughs> the young man at first did not know what to do. Well, he found his way to the local authorities, and he told them how the old man had deceived him and stolen his money. But the authorities did not believe this foreigner. I said, stop lying about the old man. He is a respected member of our community. If you don't stop, you will be punished for slander. And they nearly threw him out of their offices. Well, this young Spaniard went down the street. His head was low. His shoulders were hunched. He had no idea what to do. As he turned a corner, he happened upon an old woman dressed as a holy hermit. She was hobbling along with a walking stick, moving stones out of the road so that passers-by would not hurt their feet. And she was praising God as she went along. 
She saw the young man, and she said, Why so despondent, traveler? And why are you weeping? Well, he, he told her everything that had happened to him, and she took pity on him. My friend, if what you say is true, I will help you. But first, you must bring to me another man from your same country, someone whom you trust. So the Spaniard was able to bring such a man. And the old woman spoke to this second Spaniard, telling him, This is what you must do. Buy ten wooden chests, painted with rich colors and fastened with bright silver locks, and fill them with stones. Then you must find ten men to carry these chests in a long file, one at a time, to the house of the man who deceived your friend. And then the old woman turned back to the first Spaniard and said to him, Now, you must be hiding behind the trees near the old man's yard, and as soon as you see the first chest arrive there being carried by the bearer, you must appear to him and claim your money once more. <laughs> and I am sure that your money will be returned to you. So everything was done, just as the woman had instructed. And then she and the Spaniard's friend, who had arranged for the purchase of the ten chests and the ten men to carry them, the two of them went to the house of the dishonest old man. On the way, she saw that the first Spaniard was indeed hidden behind the trees next to the yard. She knocked on the old dishonest man's door. When he appeared, she said to him, "'Good day. I... Have a traveler here from Spain who wishes to go to Mecca on pilgrimage. But before he goes, he wants to find a trustworthy person with whom to leave his money, which is in ten wooden chests. <laughs> Until he comes back, you can see why he would not wish to take it with him on his pilgrimage. And I have heard on good authority that you are an upright and trustworthy man. And so I am asking on his behalf if you will be willing to safeguard his money. Now, while she was speaking to the old man, the first bearer arrived, bent under the weight of his richly colored chest with the silver locks. The old man saw this arrival in his yard, and, and on the hill beyond, he could see the other chests being carried by the other bearers in the distance. He rubbed his hands together. He smiled a broad smile. He opened his mouth to make his answer, when just then, the first Spaniard arrived, stepping out from behind the trees, just as the woman had instructed. Well, now, the old one who had hidden the Spaniard's money was frightened that if this Spaniard should ask for his money again in the presence of this second Spaniard who was in the process of bringing ten chests of wealth, well, that 
these chests of wealth would not be entrusted into his care. So, throwing his door wide open, he went running out across the yard to meet the first Spaniard. Oh, my friend, my friend, where have you been? Come, come in and take your money that has been entrusted to me for so long, for I have found it, I had it secured away so safely, and now that I have found it, I no longer wish to be burdened in guarding it. Please, please take it and bless you. Well, at this, the first Spaniard was overjoyed, and he gratefully took his money. When the old woman, observing all of this, saw that he now rightfully had his money returned to him, she turned to the old man and said, Now I and my guest here will go and we will hasten the delivery of the other nine chests. Wait here for our return, and look after what we have already brought you. And she indicated the first chest. She and the second Spaniard went and disappeared over the hill. The old man, standing in his yard, looking down at the richly colored, heavy wooden chest with its gleaming silver locks, <laughs> rubbed his hands with delight. He guarded well what he had already received. He awaited the old woman and the second Spaniard's return, which he may still be doing to this very day. And so it was that the Spaniard regained the money that was his own through the wit of the old woman. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love, find Pam Farrow and Julie Moss on the internet and tell them that you heard them on the podcast and want to hear them tell more stories. You can find Rachel Ann Harding and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or rachelannharding.com. Me? You can find me out there too at simonbrooksstoryteller.com. The beautiful brain behind the fairy tale sponsor is Maria V. The Tannen. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was inspired by a walk in the woods with my dog Mo. You can find Rachel's work on her website and, of course, on this podcast. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let Rachel know the favourite story you have heard recently and who told it, or the favourite story of your childhood. Maybe you will hear them again here soon. I hope you don't mind me standing in again for the gracious Rachel Ann Harding. She was stolen away by a dragon. Fortunately, she's a pretty feisty and smart young woman, so I was able to talk the dragon into letting her go and actually bring her home. Ms. Harding is now currently creating a safe sanctuary for dragons on over 300 acres of land deep in the wilds of Colorado. If you wish to contribute to this project, if you would like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on Story Story Podcast and hear me and or Rachel read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. If it isn't in the cards for you to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you would be willing enough to write a review on iTunes. 
which then helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Rachel would love that. Anyway, head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And when you next tune in, there will be more stories for you next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. If you would like, if you would like, if you would like to become a supporter of the podcast, if you would like to become a supporter, if.